my name is Ginny Buckley, the founder of Electrifying.com, and this is Pioneers from the team at Bridgestone EMEA. It's a podcast about sustainability, mobility, and innovation. There's no limit to what you can do, providing that you've got the confidence to do so. If you have a question, if you're not sure about something, please reach out. I think all women are open to that. And don't let anyone break your spirit. So today we're going to be talking about women in the automotive industry. And now this is a subject that, of course, really resonates with me. Um, I've been a motoring journalist for over 25 years. Can't believe it sometimes. Uh, I was the first woman to become motoring editor of a mainstream national newspaper here in the UK. But what has always surprised me about this industry um, is the lack of women in it. You know, women may have the final buying decision in 85% of new car sales, yet there are still very few, for example, female journalists out there offering them guidance. And according to 21st Automobile Gender Scorecard, over half of the top 20 companies in this industry had zero women in their executive teams in 2018. So I'm really looking forward to exploring that in this episode, exploring why that is, what the barriers are. And to bounce this around, I'm joined by three brilliant women. Um, I've got Melinda Dobolczyk, President and Managing Director at Bridgestone's Factory in Tatabanya in Hungary. Anne Verhaugen, HR business partner, sales and marketing for Bridgestone in Europe. And we've got Kim Dore, centre manager for InTown Automotive, one of Bridgestone's first stop retail network partners in the UK. Well, I think we should kick off with a bit about your individual journeys. How did you get into automotive? So mine was my dad. So my dad had two girls and we both grew up loving cars and football. And gender was just really never an issue for for me around cars. It was just something that our family loved. So what about each of you? Come on, Kim, let's start with you. How did you end up in this, uh, in this what is perceived to be a man's world? Bit of a similar story, really. Um, mine came from my dad and my dad's dad. Both raced. Both were very kind of car orientated. Um, so growing up, my ABCs were accelerator, brake, clutch, rather than anything else. Um, and so kind of going through my teens, I was really in. Well, I thought I was really into cars. I mean, I had a punto, so not not anything overly fancy. Um, and it kind of stemmed from there, and then. Really, I kind of fell into this job. It was something I thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to work in the motor trade. I'd like to do something like that um, and, and kind of fell into it that way uh, and then loved it, live it, breathe it. And it's kind of spiralled, really. <laughs> so, Kim, it's right. You're believed to be the only all-female front desk in car retail. Uh, is that right? And you've already picked up quite a few awards. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know if we're the only one. Um, I know we're certainly the only one in the first stop network, that, that's for sure. Um, and, and yeah, we've, we kind of push every year to try and get uh, an award through one or two different bodies. Um, and we always try and go for a different award. So we've done community investment, we've done garage of the year, um, all three kind of bodies like Auto Mechanica and things like that. Um, so it's something we're really proud of. You know, awards kind of show everybody we're doing the right thing in the right way. 
So, Anne, what about you? I'm really intrigued to know more about the Women in Motion program because you're. I want to know about your journey. How did you get into this? And then let's hear a bit more about that. I started in the Belgian Gendarmerie, so the police force. Then I joined consulting, so you can see a couple of uh, industries. After that, um, I actually uh, joined IBM, um, which is also kind of a male industry. Then I joined FMCG, Coca-Cola, and then a, a diaper business, a private label. And because I'm, I was always driven in my career to my next job needed to always be something where I can learn more or where I can learn something different. So therefore I came up in, when Bridgestone approached me, I came up in the automotive industry because, you know, that was a sector I have never worked in. And so I got, I got indeed. Yeah. Okay. Just tell us a bit about the, the women in motion program and, and the challenges in, in our business, um, that the team are tackling. So that's actually a program which, um, which uh, our CSO Daniel Giroux he asked us to uh, he asked me to to start off with um, like we need to do more for women um, I I believe that we need to let their voice more heard um, he said they bring a they bring other perspective into the business and I want to leverage that more and so uh, we started thinking uh, and and saying okay do we do that external do we do it internal and we we have a hybrid now. So we have a whole program which is called indeed Women in Motion Lead, Inspire and Connect. And the three names have a meaning. Um, within that program, we already started two initiatives, one for already more senior leaders in sales, senior women leaders in sales. And then now we've just started an initiative for more younger women professionals. Now, the Lead, Inspire, Connect is leads. We want to help them grow further in their leadership capability, have more impact as women in the business. Then the Inspire is um, we want them to get inspired from each other, to do peer coaching, to, to learn from each other. Um, and then also the, the Connect is about the networking. Women aren't, women are different in networking um, than men. We don't tend to network that much. And via this program, we actually want to bring them over a 12-month uh, 12, uh, period together in order to, uh, you know, to, to learn each other better. But also afterwards, we, have, uh, we want to challenge them and to say, how will you continue to have that network? We also set up for them business challenge boards. And that means that, you know, um, the, the Business leaders like Daniel and Stephen de Bock and, and, and Christian Wilhauser, they come and present a topic that they, a, a big topic where they have, where they want to also different perspective or different inputs on. So, and then they present their case and then they, we give the ladies like two weeks, three weeks to come back with their thoughts uh, on their challenges, etc. I love the thought, the point that you just made about networking. And I've never actually thought about that. But we are just not as as good at networking, are we? We we, we really have this feeling that we, we don't want to talk too much about us and, and what we do. Uh, so I'm going to come back. I'm going to come out and get some uh, get a few tips from you on that later on. But Melinda, I'd, I'd really like to find out a bit more about your journey, because of course, you're president and MD of one of Bridgestone largest plants in Europe. So come on, how did that get started for you? 
Okay, so actually I'm a little bit connecting to you and Kim. You know, I had a brother and a father. So, but instead of the cars, I felt love with the motorcycling as a teenager. And actually I still uh, actively pursuing this passion as of today. And then if I look back, you know, I went uh, uh, basically to the, to the technical high school as a programmer and then I went to the university. And the one thing which I always uh, knew, I wanted to work for a manufacturing company uh, for two reasons. You know, I always wanted to create value. Values. And and I wanted to work for a company where I can do something every day, which has visible and tangible benefits. So actually, if I look at back more than 20 years, I could say that I have worked only for automotive companies after the university. And then, you know, what I love about if I look at and talk about creating values, you know, that's what you do every day. And either you look at the product, what you are pre, uh, creating or, or the community where you are building with your colleagues together. So those are the things which actually get into the automotive and I never get out from automotive. <laughs> In Europe, women make up about a quarter of the employees in the manufacturing of motor vehicles and trailers, yet women influence around 85% of car buying decisions. And I would, I, I have toyed with this a lot and wonder why that is. And do you think it's because women aren't getting chosen for roles? Or do you think it's because actually women perhaps have this perception that the automotive industry is not for them? Well, I, I think, uh, I think it's a bit of a both because they're, for certain, you have some position in the automotive industry. And I'm, you know, from the factory. I'm talking about the job in the factory, which is for sure harder to feel by the woman because of the physical aspect of the job. Uh, like, you know, uh, the, the general perception of working in a tire manufacturing company, it's really very difficult to, to, to employ women. But, you know, we had the last five years since I've been there, you know, we significantly increased like of, 50% on the shop floor, the, the number of the, the ladies percentage, because actually the, the, the continuous robotization and automatization, it's, it's likely allow more women to recruit and being interested in automotive and, and the manufacturing roles. But if you look at for the white collar workers that I don't see that limitation, it, the female interest is much higher, uh, are much higher for that than in the, the physical, you know, blue collars workers. I think that a lot of it is, Maybe it's not of interest to them kind of learning the, the, the mechanical workings of a vehicle, but also maybe it's because they don't know that it's an option for them to be interested in. And, and also the confidence to follow it through. You know, if, if, if there is this perception that it is a man's world and, you know, you have to have a male mechanic and things like that, maybe they don't have the confidence to actually think, well, no, I could do that. Um, I could still learn the same thing and I could still achieve the same thing. Um, it's something that we're kind of really fortunate with here. The the females that we've got on our counter, the females that we've employed, you know, one of them is a fully qualified technician. She worked for years in that industry and, and she similarly hasn't had the issue where anyone told her she couldn't. She just had to have the confidence to put herself forward for it in the first place. Um, and so I do think it's a combination of both, really. It's not knowing whether they can um, and, and maybe not also be having the interest in that particular thing. I think it also has to do with how we attract uh, people in uh, India and how you position yourself as a as an employer. Um, so it might be so we're we're, we're doing more and more uh, work on you know what's our employee value proposition, how do we reach out to women, um, you know, well, and 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 it it might be that Kim is saying that you know women will may not be 
will just not may not just think that we have something to offer to them uh, based on how we get to the market. And then another thing is, and this is pretty human, it's also for women as well. Um, people, if, if we're not conscious, a manager or a hiring manager still hires people that are like them. Um, and, and, and also, also us, eh? as, as women, we need to be careful about this. And it's not only men, women thing, but, but you, you tend to hire people that, you know, you recognize and you recognize yourself a bit in it. And, and so, so you, so yes, I, I do think, uh, that therefore perhaps even if a man and a woman equally and you're not very conscious that they might unconsciously go for the man. Mm-hmm. And how do you overcome that? Because that that unconscious bias is very real, isn't it? Across, you know, diversity generally. I mean, do you have any practical advice, Anne, on how you deal with that? Yeah, to to have to have perhaps a um, different different people with different you know personalities being in the interview um, in the interview rounds, and also sometimes what we do more and more now is also having uh, some assessments uh, which which makes it you know more obvious not only men women but also you know what are the traits that people have and 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 just look basically on um the the potential that a person can have rather than than only the the, the interviews where you then also again may be biased uh, in so we try to combine um both of them um and having and having a conversation eh, uh, with people what's conscious what not conscious bias and and I uh, I mean, Melinda, I'm really interested to hear from you how you have practically um, done the work that you've done. Because I just want to read some of these statistics out now. Since you joined, is it 2017 you took on your post? Is that is that right? I'm going to make you best now. Um, women in senior management positions have risen by 20%. Middle management by 66%. So was that right? 60, 66%, two thirds. How have you gone out and do that? How, I mean, have you, it's a massive increase. Is that looking at where you've recruited? Come on, what's the secret? Share it with us. So the, the first thing is, uh, you know, uh, to, to really make the people believe is the place for, for, for ladies, for the new employees. You have to show the aim to be more diverse and advertise openness for the company. So the new talent uh, can eat. And actually when, because I remember we started doing the, the final inspection where you make a visual inspections and their experience was, uh, you know, it was very good because I brought their experience from my previous job than when we had ladies in the final inspection. And that actually, because of the positive, uh, you know, basically experience is just spread out and everybody liked it. Because think about if you have only men's are working <laughs> on the 12 hour shift and how much different when you have diverse groups. So, so actually, and, and, and it was purposely, we did a lot of effort on, 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 on really to be open. And then, but, uh, and was right, you know, you have to be really careful because you can imagine in the first interviews when you tell to the tell to the OD, operation department manager you're gonna hire ladies. The first was like, "What? We don't have any ladies." I'm like, "Yes, but we're gonna have ladies." And then again, because it came around uh, so good and so positive, uh, it's just uh, it's just you know escalated and and and, and growth year over year. Uh, and and now it's 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 really much uh, focusing and the people is enjoyed very much. 
I mean, I just look at some of the awards that you've uh, received for the plant. Best Employer Award in your region, a family-friendly workplace, bicycle-friendly workplace. I mean, those are, those are fantastic achievements. Again, you know, is it important, do you think, to um, t- to be awarded for those, to, for it to be recognised, for your employees to feel I, proud I, yeah, as well? I think absolutely, because, uh, again, with this one, you can show the company, you know, what are the values, uh, what you are represent and how, you know, open you have. And having, you know, a large company, uh, family friendly and now the third years on the row is a big, it's, it's a very, very big achievement. And our people are proud of it. Uh, not just, not just me. So it, I, I think it's, it's, it's very positive. And if you look at the, the, the young new talent, which we know that they are different generation and they have a lot of uh, ladies in there. And then I think it's, it's make a difference. They are, they are looking that as a, as a value add. Do you, do you feel that you have to, you know, do anything different to help retain and to grow? people once you've got them in place when it comes to your female well, sorry, when it comes to your female employees generally speaking especially in Hungary and Eastern Europe you know where the unemployment rate is pretty much zero you need to put a lot of um, you know effort to retain the people but I would not make a necessary difference between men and women because for me to making you know the best quality on the safe environment I need 100% engagement for the people no matter if it's a lady or the man so we try to create a really great place to work because we believe you know if the people coming in with the good feelings in the morning come to work then we can talk about safety and we can talk about quality. Without that, it's quite difficult. For men and women, it's important to have a work-family balance. You know, we as a, as a company, we need to respect the people's personal life. So we need to put really, you know, big effort on it, having a flexible schedule. And then even if it's yeah, men or women, but someone needs to go home to the kids, they, they are allowed to go home the kids because we know that they're just going to be, uh, you know, finishing up the work at home. If I'm talking about, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the salary people. But if I look at, uh, for particular the women, for sure for them, uh, you know, it's, for example, the maternity leave, like you said, it's, 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 it's seen also often the biggest obstacle in the women's, in their career point of view, you know, the time work off, the sick kids. So one thing which for sure, I think how you can put uh, women in balance and assurance if they have a help and the help needs to come from the family for sure. And then for the workplace to understand a program, but, uh, and right, it's, it's same for the men's, but predominantly those, uh, those uh, women type of issues like maternity leave, uh, you know, or, or, or sick, it, it's more uh, relevant on the, on the, on the, on the ladies. And you just need to be flexible and, and, and you need to give them chance to basically have this work-life balance. Kim, what, what about you from, from your perspective, you know, keep you you've a small team as well and i guess that's harder perhaps to have the flexibility in the workplace it must present different challenges to retain the 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 ladies on the front we go big on the whole um educating them so that they feel confident in what they're saying um we don't kind of leave them out there trying to kind of explain something that they're they're not comfortable doing if there is for whatever reason um a bit of a a horrible situation or you know something's getting a bit heated we don't kind of just leave them to deal with it we we structure things in the way that they're handled so that they you know don't feel like they're kind of left out there alone if you like they know they've got the support of the company behind them to take away those things um and again, with the flexibility, with the childcare and things like that, it's things that you kind of just have to, regardless of the size of the team, um, 
take it take it in our stride and luckily for us because we do only do monday to friday working i think because everybody's got that weekend it doesn't actually affect us so much um because people are you know able able to do their things over the weekend and what have you and we've created quite a family family vibe environment really it's very much an open door policy we're all open we're all honest they all come they tell me if they need something if i can make it happen i make it happen Okay, I'm, I'm going to put you all on the spot with a good piece of advice um, from each of you, please, for any young women who would like to join the industry. Yeah, I think um, a couple of things, basically. Stay close to your core, stay close to who you are. Um, that That's very important, I think, in whatever you endeavor. Um, check out with other women and then uh, build a network. Well, my advice would be trust yourself, because I think this is the most important, especially for the young woman. And then, you know, if you have a goal, you just follow it and don't let anyone or anything uh, others break your spirit. You know, no matter how strong you are, think you always need uh, a partner who believes you and supports you. Because many times, especially I remember on my young age, it's always good, you know, to put it in perspective, the events that might, you know, shattering your self-confidence. And that's what, uh, you know, you can get uh, helping the young woman. So... I think that's the two advice that I could give them. Yeah, I think mine would be um, confidence is key in, in this industry. Um, you've got to be you know, confident in yourself and, and know that you, you can do it. And the resources are there for you to kind of learn as much as the next person and, and, and do whatever you want to do with that and go as far as you want to go. There's no limit to what you can do, um, providing that you've got the confidence to do so. Mm-hmm. I know when I um, first started out, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself that I didn't need to do. And I felt that because I was a woman in a world where, you know, there weren't many women in the role that I did, I couldn't get anything wrong. I couldn't ask any questions. I, I should. I needed to know everything. And I realised, thankfully, I did realise pretty quickly that that was only going to put a huge amount of pressure on me. And I wonder if as women, we actually do sometimes the expectations we put on ourselves and more than the expectations of other people. I don't know if that resonates with any of the three of you. Kim's nodding. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely is. Definitely resonates. And I think, yeah, like you said, you kind of beat yourself up way more than anybody else does it for you. Um, and, and, and there's lots of confidence setbacks. You know, I'm saying confidence are key, and it is. But especially in a retail sector, uh, majority of the setbacks and the knockbacks kind of come from your retail customer. Um, gives you that little element of, of self-doubt if they kind of question you because you are a female and you're not a mechanic. So how, how, how can you know the answer to that? And uh, yeah, it, it, you, you kind of do. If you haven't quite got the answer in the top of your head and you don't know it or it's something that you haven't kind of come across before, you do, you kick yourself. You put a lot of pressure under yourself to to prove them wrong. <laughs> Yes, uh, even you know, I thought. I mean, when I, especially when I was younger, I thought I always need to know everything. You cannot make mistake because you you want to prove yourself. But the, thanks to God, when you get getting older, you know, you realize is the power. It's really not you know everything. The power is if you have a good team and you are working with the team. And you know, the team is always much powerful than than individual. Uh, and but but yes, for sure, uh, I had the tendency to do. But uh, but I guess as I said lately, the the team is much more powerful than one individual who knows everything. So you don't need to know everything for sure. 
if you have a question, if you're not sure about something, please reach out to 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 women um, or of similar age or women who has done it before you are. I think I think all of I think all women are open to that. Um, and we try to help that with basically what we're doing with this with this Women in Motion Lead Inspire Connect. Um, the 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 group from the first initiative, we're hooking up with the ladies from the second initiative, and they're their mentor and their buddy. So so that's one thing. So mentoring, uh, finding a buddy, also uh, inviting people for e-coffees. That's also part of that program, so that they can get exposure to other women, and then you know afterwards step forward and 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 talk to that woman or etc. So so. It, there's numerous occasions where you can start networking. So I would say, please leverage on that. We'll help as a company, but also women need to be, need to step up and, and think about this as well. Good. Listen, it's been a joy talking to you. You're really three very inspiring guests today. Um, and I think it would be great to come back and chat to all three of you again. So Anne, Melinda, Kim, thank you for sharing your stories and your inspiration and some brilliant advice as well. For our colleagues in Bridgestone EMEA, you can read much more on this on Be Connected EMEA. For everyone else, do keep an eye on Bridgestone EMEA's LinkedIn page for the latest news. My name is Ginny Buckley. Thank you for listening to Pioneers Podcast by Bridgestone. Goodbye for now.